Hello and welcome to the BG Podcast. My name is AJ Bingham, CEO of Bingham Group. We have with us today guest Jason Alexander, who is the Chief of Staff for City Manager Spencer Crunk. Welcome to the show, Jason. Good morning, AJ. Thank you for having me. Well, uh, well, thank you for being on the show, one. And uh, again, we've been doing these uh, interviews and recordings remote for the last two years. So, um, you know, I know you're down at at City Hall. Might we refresh that? Let's do that one one more time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. We'll keep going. Hello and welcome to the BG Podcast. My name is AJ Bingham, CEO of Bingham Group. Our guest today is Jason Alexander, the Chief of Staff for Austin, Austin City Manager Spencer Crunk. Welcome to the show, Jason. Good morning, AJ. Thanks for having me. Um, I see you're in your new office. We're doing this remotely, but I can see uh, you're uh, got, probably got some window space. Yeah, the uh, the new digs are a little fancier than sitting in the middle of a hallway. I, I can imagine. I can imagine. Uh, I empathize. Um, so I want to start. I know I, I I assumed this role was new for the city of Austin, but and you were we were talking right for the show, and you clarified that. So I want to one I want you to just give some background on what your role is as chief of staff, and then who is the first chief of staff for city managers for city management to crunk, and then give some background on what your role is, and then how it may differ is from um, past uh, city managers. I know you've actually, you've, we'll get into your tenure at the city, uh, but you've worked for uh, under uh, Spencer Crunks or city manager Crunks uh, predecessor, Mark Ott. So I'll turn it over to you to talk about your current role, which is relatively new um, and also what it entails and then get some background on how that role has been, has evolved um, since you've you know, been with the city. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um... The, the role is new, at least in its current iteration. Um, each chief of staff, or I'm sorry, each city manager that I've worked for has had a chief of staff in some form or another. Um, I think the way that city manager chooses to use that chief of staff and how they purpose that office has varied over time. Um, right now, uh, Spencer has decided that you know he, he needed a chief of staff. He's been here now four years. Uh, spent the majority of that time without one. And I just think the way the city has grown over time and the way that the responsibilities have shifted over our uh, executive leadership team, it just made sense. It was a good time for that. Um, so, you know, my duties right now really still, the, the core duties um, are still kind of being point person, directly supporting the city manager, um, kind of being, you know, helping be, kind of his source of counsel, if you will. Um, functionally, I, I oversee a lot more of the administrative functions within our office. We've got a large staff that makes up the city manager's office. That's not just your executive leadership. That's also your policy advisors, your administrative support. Um, we have an agenda office that we run out of our shop. So I, you know, I, I get to have my hands in all of that right now. Um, and I was doing some of that sort of, I guess, in a dotted line fashion before this. And so this really formalized a lot of that. Um, it was the part of the job that I had been, you know, comfortable with, I've been doing in some form for several years um, in my support of the manager. But the newest part is now I'm overseeing four different offices. You've got our Office of Sustainability, our Innovation Office, our Equity Office, and then our soon to be new Chief Resiliency Officer. Um, so those all will fall under my service group. So I'm looking forward to it. That is different than other chiefs of staff. Um, 
in, I guess, in the biggest way, the change is really just the number and the types of offices we oversee. My footprint is just a little different than my predecessor. And that's certainly different from, you know, the predecessor that was here when Toby Petrell was manager. Mm-hmm. And to that, you know, you mentioned you'd worked under several city managers. So, I mean, you've been with the city your whole professional career, public sector, but with the city especially. And let's get into that. So, you know, what, what, uh, you know, where'd you, where'd you come from? Where'd you grow up? Where did what led you to the city of Austin? Well, that's a good question. Um, yes, I've been at the city of Austin my entire professional career. Uh, I started here as an intern my junior year of college. I guess that was in 2004. And I've done just shy of 18 years. In fact, it'll be, I guess, 18 years this month, uh, thereabouts. But um, anyway, I, I, mean, I grew up in North Texas. Um, public service was kind of in my family's DNA. Uh, my father's parents ran a farm with their siblings um, and did a lot of community service in their small community. Um, and then growing up, you know, I had a father who was a college professor by day, but public servant by night. He served two terms on our local city council. Um, and then, you know, when, when he fulfilled those terms, he took some time away, but then not long after, uh, he joined our school board and he's still a member to this day. Uh, so that's probably 30 plus years that he's been on our local school board. And when I went to college, it wasn't really anything I had an interest in, to be honest with you. I, I pursued a business degree and came to UT for that. And right about my sophomore year, figured out that that wasn't my strong suit. Um, I wasn't going to cut it in a Fortune 500, much less a Fortune 100. So what class I, was it? Was it account? What class got you? It was accounting and yeah. class. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, yeah. coming from high school, I had really good grades. And then I hit those two classes and a man reality check hit me straight in the teeth. Um, but, you know, it was a great experience. I, I went to the Macomb School, loved it, had a really uh, fun time there, met a lot, lot of great people. Um, but I ended up shifting more towards the, the management side of the house, kind of uh, doing human management, personnel management. Um, and then, you know, as every Macomb student's required, we had to, you know, sign up for an internship. I guess it was our junior year. And I don't know what prompted the conversation, but I was talking to my dad one day, just thinking about, you know, what options I had, because I just wasn't interested in, in going off to New York to work for a company for, you know, a summer. I wanted to stay here. Um, and so he had kind of turned me on to this idea of city management. You know, when he was a city council member, he remembers the city manager at the time spoke very highly of him. He thought that that profession was something that a lot of people didn't know much about, but it was a critical position in terms of running a, a major city enterprise. And so he, uh, encouraged me to reach out to the city of Austin. And so I did. And then shortly thereafter, got my first internship working in the city manager's office. Uh, at the time, I interned for who was then the assistant city manager over what we kind of referred to as the community services departments, like your parks, animal services, um, and libraries. But that internship was critical for me because the person I specifically was assigned to you know, she linked me up with multiple departments each week. And so I got to see this full spread of a 14,000 person operation and uh, it was priceless. I mean, you know, I know my friends in in school went off and fulfilled great internships of their own, but I wouldn't have traded this. 
Uh, and it set, it set my eyes for this, uh, for sure. I got it. And just to rehash you for folks who aren't familiar with the city of Austin's uh, governing structure. And we, we actually talked about this in a few, or a few episodes back during uh, the spring, uh, you know, uh, the spring uh, proposition votes. But the city of Austin is a council manager system, meaning the RC manager, Spencer Crunk, is, official, or is the CEO of the city, manages the day-to-day -day operations. And our council is the you know, oversight governing board of that, sets policy, but ultimately, spent, you know, city manager, city manager reports to council. Council can hire or fire that person, um, but everyone else reports to city manager, and only they, he or she, can can fire or whatnot what, what with those those folks from their another um, org chart. Um, yeah, no, go ahead. Made it out perfect. Yeah, excellent. I, think, I should know. Hopefully, <laughs> right. Um, so let's talk about just you know what what um what advice would you give to to students who are who maybe had who's hadn't thought of a uh, uh, city manager right because while yeah it's public sector and it's you know people you know I, there's a lot of rhetoric around you know government should run like a business and it's government I don't believe should be run like a business but it's business like right there are operational there's there's HR there's HR considerations. There's training considerations. There's all the things that go into managing because the city of Austin, I believe, is either the largest employer right behind Dell, right in the metro, right. So like fourteen thousand person operation, it is organizationally a lot. I mean, there are business like aspects to it, right? Yeah, and you know, I would. You're right. I mean, we are one of the top two, if not for sure, top three uh, largest employers in the city. Um, I mean, it's a massive enterprise and for a lot of the stuff we do for the, a lot of the services that residents receive, um, you know, we're the only show in town, uh, all your public safety, your water, your utilities, um, you know, we have a massive, uh, Austin airport. I mean, it, it's a municipally owned enterprise as well. Um, and we just do so many things in the city. And one of the things I would want to convey to, to folks who might be listening, especially young students who might be wondering like what, what sort of profession could they get out of working for government? I, I have to tell you that, you know, there is a lot of that rhetoric about government should be more like a business, you know, it's good enough for government work. And I will tell you right now that in 18 years I have worked and I've had the pleasure of working with, I mean, truly elite professionals in their field. Um, the thing I think we sometimes take for granted in Austin, because it's easy to do, is when we recruit for senior level positions, well, let's say a director, you know, we do a national, sometimes international search. And when we bring somebody on, because Austin has grown the way it has, it has such a footprint in the world right now. I mean, we're about to host South by next week. Um, people know Austin that has evolved over time, but Austin's always been a great place. And when, you know, we kind of have star power when we recruit and when we recruit and we bring in a new director, Folks have got to realize that that person's probably the top of their, you know, the top of their profession. Um, and, and I don't say that lightly. I mean, we really bring great talent here. And it just goes to show I me mean, government work is difficult. Doing public work, doing the public good is sometimes hard because you've got so many facets of the community that you're having to hear, having to listen to, having to problem solve for. And not any one facet thinks the same. And they all think that, you know, they're issues may take priority. So it's the frustration of what I do, but it's also the joy and the beauty of what I do. Um, 
So first off, I would just say that this is, you know, while it is public sector work, it is as valuable and frankly, me speaking personally, I think it's more critical than a lot of private sector work. I mean, it just, the essential services are done here. And the reason I chose local government is because it is the um, most, frankly, nimble form of government. It's probably the most immediately responsive form of government in affecting any one person's day-to-day life. Uh, and quality of life. So, so it matters a lot to me. We take it all very seriously here. Um, you know, it's a job in every job I've had. And I think one of the reasons I've been able to move up the career ladder here in the agency, you know, this is kind of uncommon. A lot of people that choose public sector work, um, if they have an interest in city administration um, that takes you beyond, say, a department level, you know, you'll often find city managers, they, they sort of move up and they graduate, if you will, into larger cities, right? Ultimately landing in a big city like this. Um, I find it that I'm very fortunate to have been able to do my whole career in Austin and now be in this position. It's um, kind of funny. When I first started, uh, it wasn't, it was after my internship. And I remember we were responding to Hurricane Katrina and I was working at the Parks Department. It was my first, I think I was a temporary staff member at the time. But we were getting in full gear, bringing in evacuees from Houston, Louisiana. And they asked me to go temporarily sit in a seat at the city manager's office to uh, just kind of help run phone calls because there was just such a high volume of it, right? As you might imagine. And I remember looking down the hall and I saw the then assistant to the city manager, which is the title I held just before this. And I remember thinking that day, God, that's got to be the best, coolest job in the entire city. Like that's that's what I want to do. And so I can tell you that I've had my sights on that job ever since I really began working in this uh, in this organization. And, you know, when I finally got that job about six years ago, I was I sort of felt like the dog that caught the car. You know what I mean? You know, I had I finally got the car and I didn't know what to do with it. And I didn't know how long I'd be able to do it for. Uh, but it's been a pretty cool trip since. Um, but I guess, you know, my point there is that I've been lucky to come up in the entire organization and, and finally be at this place. And it's a, it's a, it's a city family that I love. Um, and I've got a lot of friends and colleagues that I respect so much in this role. What I would say to folks that might be interested, I mean, it, whatever interests you have professionally or personally, the city probably touches it. The city probably has a division in a department that touches that in some way, in some meaningful way. And I would encourage folks to kind of think about the city. I mean, we are at a time now, you've seen all the, just the, I mean, the conflict, you're looking at the international conflict, um, the war that's being waged, but you think even locally, the rhetoric that's been used over the last several years, um, and it makes it hard to do public service, uh, makes it hard to recruit for public service. And, you know, we need good people in these roles. The only way government gets better and, and stays better is if we have good people doing the work um, and there's valuable work to be done here. It's critical. It's critical to your own livelihood uh, and your families. Um, so I think this offers anybody something of interest. It, it, whatever interest you have, you can, you can fulfill it here. Um, I think I've been successful in, in kind of my upbringing in the city. I mean, largely because no matter what job I had in any department, I always wanted to know the whole story. I wanted to know the whole chain of events, whether it was a project that just kind of plopped in my lap 
that might have touched eight other departments. I wanted to know who all those people were in those eight departments. In other words, I wanted to see the full field of battle, right? And I wanted to learn the organization. And I think I studied the organization so early on that without really even knowing it, I became kind of this resource for leadership to lean on. Like, well, who's that person in this other small division in this department? And I would know. Um, so I think in talking to folks, I'm sorry, my light just flipped off. In talking to folks, I would say study the whole thing, study the whole field, make your frame of view as wide as possible and become a resource to everybody. Become the person that kind of knows that one obsolete fact that rears its head in some weird discussion. I mean, it, it's invaluable sometimes when you're able to help somebody in that way. Um, so be resourceful, uh, you know, be a critical thinker. And I swear, man, one of the things that I really look for when I hire somebody is the ability to write critically, to write thoughtfully, to write thoroughly, but to write critically. I mean, the I, I would challenge anybody to never underestimate the power of the written word. I really would. Very well said. And the last question, again, your arc of your tenure with the city of Austin stretches the time, you know, of both, you know, some recessions and also, you know, extreme uh, growth, both in population and in business or in all sorts of ways. As we enter, as we're entering this decade, you know, what do you see as some of the, at least for me, just your, from your, you know, your view of the last 18 years, and within the city government, what are some of the biggest challenges? Let's say the top, you know, top three challenges to the city and the top three opportunities based on, again, both your experience within the city of Austin and then what you see amongst your colleagues or in our peer city, in, within our peer cities around the, around the country and globally. You know, I think, I mean, that's a great question. And, you know, I, I've kind of begun saying this more and more, especially in, in this seat now. Um, to me, it's important to see challenges as opportunities, but also recognize that opportunities present challenges, right? And we are a booming, thriving city. There is just no list we haven't made, um, you know, the top two, top three, top five on. Um, and that's something to be so proud of. We take great pride in that. We think that our work does a lot to move the needle for those kinds of things. Um, so we are super proud of it, but in a way, you know, Austin, certainly like any large prosperous city is kind of the victim of its own success. And we are now seeing the, the mobility issues and you know, we're seeing the traffic around town uh, during the pandemic. You could drive downtown and hardly see five cars. Now we're about 85, 90% back to what the current, the, the previous kind of pre-pandemic transportation load is. The routes have all changed. People's habits have changed but we're seeing the same number of cars. Um, and we're about to do some serious work on that with, with both with the city, but also with our partners. You've got Cap Metro, the Austin Transit Partnership. You've got the work happening with TxDOT and I-35. Um, there's about to be some serious, it, it is right now a time of serious investment in the city. It's all gonna happen kind of in close proximity. So there's gonna be some pain uh, that we feel um, just in our day-to-day -day lives, but the end goal here is, is so good that we've got to get there. Um, add to that the affordability issues we're experiencing, and that's just not born by Austin. That is everywhere. That is, I mean, we've talked to our city manager peers in, you know, Round Rock, Pflugerville, Cedar Park, uh, even Bastrop, uh, Kyle Buda. All these communities are experiencing the same stresses. 
maybe in different ways, but the, there's not a single city in the central Texas region, Taylor. I mean, look at what they're building out in Taylor. Mm-hmm. Man, New Braunfels, New Braunfels is having problems. Yes, New Braunfels. It's everywhere. And so, I mean, again, you've got to see that, you've got to see the opportunity through, right? It, it's it's tremendous to be in a city that's not dying, but that is finding new ways to live. But at the same time, recognize that those opportunities bring real heartache to people. And we're, we're, we're wrestling with that. Um, you know, we've, we've had a lot of conversations just even around retention of our own workforce um, because, you know, folks have a hard time living in the city they serve. And that is not lost on us at all. And it's particularly aggravated based on the pandemic. You know, I've never worked harder in my entire career than I did probably the first 30 days after we went into lockdown. It was, you know, 16 hour days through weekends, you know, a day, you know, just days on end. Um, and every single employee was, was hoofing it just like that. And we've got to make sure that they're, they know the value of their work, that we value their work, and we've got to figure out ways to make it easier for them to, to remain here in Austin. Um, the housing, I mean, that's something that we're continuing to work on. Uh, all things land development, I won't even get into all that, but you know, there's just so many things that we've got to keep our eyes on. And um, you know, I think those are probably our biggest, our biggest pain points because I, I see them again as being as much as they are an opportunity, they're challenges we have to, to, to get around. Great. Well, Jason, thank you for your time. Jason Alexander is the chief of staff for city manager Spencer Crunk. And Jason, we'd love to have you on the show um, in the future. You've been a great guest. Thank you for your time. Thank you guys. Love to get on anytime.